I hear the voice of my grandmother calling me. I hear the voice of my grandmother calling. Wake up, wake up, she says, wake up, wake up. Listen, 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 listen. May the rivers all run free. May the mountains be unspoiled. May the air be pure. May the trees grow up tall. May the earth be shared by all. I hear the voice of my grandmother calling me. I hear the voice of my grandmother calling. Wake up, wake up. She says, wake up, wake up. Listen, 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 listen. May the rivers all run free. May the mountains be unspoiled. May the air be pure. May the trees grow up tall. May the earth be shared by all. May the air be pure. May the trees grow up tall. May the earth be shared by all. Hello and welcome to the Womb-Centered Healing Podcast. I'm Sama Morningstar, and before we get started, I wanted to share with you some announcements about what's happening this fall in the Womb-Centered Healing Temple. So as you may have heard in previous podcast episodes, the first Biomystical Womb nine-month apprenticeship is has begun. It started on October 31st, 2019. And there are uh, segments of practice that we'll be doing throughout the nine months that are lovely to get involved in, even if you didn't start at the beginning. So we'll be doing ancestral healing for the first few weeks. We'll be doing rebirthing practices for the next few weeks. We'll be doing remothering practices for the following segment. We'll be reinitiating ourselves in uh, through menarche, uh, our first sexual experiences, um, creative partnership, and sexual initiation. We'll be re-initiating ourselves into our enchantress archetype, our mother archetype, our wise woman, our wise one archetypes. So lots of initiations over the next uh, sequence of months. You're welcome to join us even if you didn't start at the beginning. Uh, you can go to wombcenteredhealing.com to learn more about the Biomystical Womb Nine Moon Apprenticeship. So just wanted to share with you about that. I look forward to seeing you there. And here we go with uh, this episode of the Womb-Centered Healing Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Womb-Centered Healing Podcast. I'm Sama Morningstar and I have Christine here with me today. Thank you, Christine, for joining us. Uh, I met Christine in the Womb-Centered Healing Temple Facebook group uh, where we were discussing 
uh, our womb-centered healing practices. And Christine shared about her spirit tree and how connected that was and supportive of her womb-centered healing process. I wanted to learn more about that. So I invited her to come on the podcast. And since then, we've been having fascinating discussions as well about liberating ourselves from the gender roles intrinsic in some of this masculine, feminine, divine energies or, or evolutionary energies that we often discuss. Um, and and she's, we're, we were just discussing before we started the recording um, how breaking free of some of these um, stereotypes of what masculinity is and what femininity is, is such a powerful healing process as well. And we know there's a connection between the tree, <laughs> the spirit tree, and, and the, this other topic, and we're going to weave it together right here. So <laughs> listen in, <laughs> um, Christine, please uh, introduce yourself a little bit more and um, let's start weaving. Alrighty, so my name's Christine, um, Christine Marie. I was born visually impaired, which means um, I have 7% vision and I'm super, super sensitive to light. So kind of during the day, I'm pretty like day blind. Um, so I mostly navigate through my inner senses. I had a really cool mobility teacher when I was a kid who taught me how to like maneuver through the world without looking blind. So it, it's kind of a detriment and a positive thing because nobody knows that I'm visually impaired and thus do not know why I trip and fall <laughs> uh, sometimes in public. But, um, but, you know, like people can't really tell that I have a disability. Um, so where this led me was um, into the world of teaching people yoga, learning Ayurveda, learning about herbs and like the whole natural world. And um, I tried to have many jobs. Um, I lost many jobs because, you know, I can't perform tasks at, at the, in the way that, you know, the workforce wanted me to. And I kind of realized early on that I had a call to be a nun um, and uh, sort of went to India to pursue that goal, but ended up getting married and having four kids instead <laughs> <laughs> and priestessing in a Hindu temple alongside my husband, who was a pundit. Um, wow. yeah. So after I left the temple, um, I had a friend who kind of helped me realize that I was, that the dynamic of my marriage wasn't really healthy for me and wouldn't allow me to, um, serve in the way that I wanted to. And she had a tattoo on her forearm, um, of a tree. And I asked her, Oh, well, what's the significance of your tattoo? And she said, that's my spirit tree. And I was like, okay, what does that mean? And she said, well, in the Celtic tradition that I belong to, when, you know, one of our rites of passage is our parents will take us out into the forest and we'll, we find the tree that resonates with us. Um, and then we come back to that tree, like anytime we're going through something, anytime we're facing an initiation, anytime we're celebrating, we, we come to that tree. And she said that her tree was in... Um, Hmm, I think it was in Scotland. Um, and so she had it tattooed on her arm and she says like she journeys to that tree uh, in dreams. And, um, you know, like whenever she wants to share something with the tree, she does so mentally, right? 
And she said, I think if you went out and found your spirit tree, things would change for you. So I took my kids out to the forest firehouse and, um, you know, they found these cute little trees that were pink. I don't know why they were pink, but they were these three little pink trees in a row. And I have three daughters. So they kind of claimed those as their spirit trees. And then we were walking through the forest and we came around and there is this like enormous, um, I think it's an elm tree. Like it's huge. I, um, one of the biggest trees I've ever, you know, it's not like the redwoods in California, but like for Canada where I live, this is a very large tree. Um, and what my kids noticed first about it was that it had been probably hit by lightning. So the whole trunk was open and like, you can actually go inside the tree and sit in there, but like, it's ginormous. Like you could probably fit maybe like two or three adults in it. Right. Mm -hmm. And my, and my daughter said to me, mommy, look, the tree is burnt like you, but she's still so strong. And I had sustained like, um, a burn injury to 65% of my body. Um, while I was um, preparing for our festival of Diwali, which is where we light uh, candles and celebrate um, like the over, like overcoming our obstacles and overcoming mm -hmm. darkness. So I started on fire on our altar in our temple. Um, and then, you know, that accident um, just brought up so many things in the temple. Um, and we, our family was like requested to leave for, you know, they said it was because they were housing us in a very small apartment for our family size, but I don't know, whatever. Anyway, so we moved out of the temple, which was very painful for me mm -hmm. because I felt that was my call. I felt that um, serving that community was my purpose, right? And um, so I started visiting this tree and started to feel this deep resonance, you know, a deep... <sighs> heart resonance metaphoric resonance with this tree right I mean it's so many things have happened there you know and I would just like first I started just leaning on it right and then I started to feel different leaning on this tree like I started to realize that you know I I was it started to shift my attitude about being a victim um growing up like I was bullied a lot because of my disability um it led me to sort of choosing to be friends with people who nobody else wanted to be friends with kind of um which led me to you know a lot of exposure to drug and alcohol like to addiction like with my friends families um it exposed me to predators I underwent a lot of like assault and rape and um I don't know, like just leaning on this tree somehow started to make me feel like all the parts of myself that had been taken were coming back to me. It was like a soul retrieval almost, mm -hmm. you know? And then I just naturally started to feel called, like when anything good would happen in my house, I would go visit the tree and like make offerings in nature out there, you know? Um, when I started recording meditations that I wanted to share with, my clients uh i would record them under the tree i wanted the tree's presence in in my work mm -hmm. um you know th through the time when i met the tree to 
like, I mean, it's still part of my life now, but like I underwent my divorce. I underwent, um, you know, the witnessing of my son going through like a whole bunch of um, interaction with gang culture and um, incarceration and things like this. And I would just go to that tree. It would almost feel like the tree was calling me to offer me healing, you know? And my work was to offer healing to, to people. Like I, I do readings and healing work for people. And I, I wouldn't, you know, you just kind of turn yourself off to how you're feeling and you just keep powering forward for everyone else. And there would be days where I would just feel as if the tree was telling me to come into the forest. So I'd take my dog, go into the forest and the tree would say, okay, like lay down on the ground and put your heart to the ground and let mother earth just take all of your pain out of you and I'd be like I don't have any pain like I'm I'm a healer I, I deal with my shit you know <laughs> and um <laughs> and I would just like it would just feel like alchemy like it would just feel like okay the tree the the ground is just like sucking all of my burdens out of me and I would stand up and feel so light you know um and so I just feel like um this tree it it just feels like it's part of my family right it feels like it is my guide um through the process of knowing this tree um i started to initiate people in reiki i was trained like many years before i started initiating people and the tree when i would call in my guides like one of them that would come in would be this tree without you know without me thinking of it or asking um one time the tree also showed me when i was initiating a woman in reiki the seed of life mm -hmm. um, and this was before, like, it was kind of a popular thing. And um, it showed me, it gave me two, two tools. It sh the tree showed me that the seed of life would be, a, uh, was an old symbol that was going to come back up to teach people about circling and unity and, um, like, points where things merge, right? Mm -hmm. And so the tree told me to put it on my arm so i that i have a tattoo of that oh wow can um, you put that closer to the camera for us to see can you see it uh, if you move a little bit i'm not sure which direction a little bit to one side the other way the other way <laughs> yeah i can see it that's you know what that's the symbol that is big in my work as well uh, and i call it the flower of life but you're calling it the seed of life yeah the flower of life is the big huge one like um uh -huh. I don't have it anywhere. <laughs> okay, so but, this one is the seed where it's just a few concentric circles out from the center. Like it's just one layer of circles out from the center instead of a whole bunch of layers. Yeah, it's like one section of the fractal. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And the, that, that tree is the one who told me about this. She's like, this symbol would become really integral in not only your work, but the work on the planet to like bring people back together and to ultimately show people um, that there is like that everything that we think of as opposites, like all of the duality is actually one, right? Mm -hmm. And so she showed me, it's like a Venn diagram, you know, like where the circles overlap, yeah. there's a space in between, right? Right. Which is like our third eye is mm -hmm. that, right? Mm -hmm. So it's the space in between where we are equal that we need to start focusing on instead of thinking of masculine, feminine, mm -hmm. right, wrong, dark, light. Like she was showing me, like all of these opposites converge in the center. Mm -hmm. Then the second thing she showed me was the yoni egg. 
So I was, uh, oh, and during that Reiki initiation, she showed me that like having the seed of life tattooed on the wrist was actually an ancient tradition. I don't know. I've never researched this to see if it was true or not, but mm -hmm. like, um, I don't know if it would have been a tattoo or if it would have been like indelibly, like, you know, like drawn in like a Reiki symbol. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't, yeah. but she showed me that there was a tradition where women would have it or people, not women, people would have this on their body because they knew this truth that there was no duality. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's why I put it where I put it. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing she showed me when I was interviewing this woman in Reiki was uh, the yoni egg. But she showed me um, when I was, so when I was uh, putting the symbols in all of the chakras, when I got to the sacral chakra, I saw this crystal form inside of it. And I was like, oh, I wonder what that is, right? And it looked like it it was white and it was glowy, like selenite kind of. Mm -hmm. And I, I asked the tree, why does she have this form inside of her sacral chakra? Like it's not even in the chakra. It felt like it was in her, um, like not in her vagina, but like higher up. Right. Mm -hmm. So the tree showed me, you're going to learn about yoni eggs. And I was like, whatever the hell a yoni egg is. Right. Um, and then, just two days later, this, this girl online contacted me and told me she sold yoni eggs. Like, didn't, I didn't ask. She just told me, I sell yoni eggs. Do you need any? I was like, what are they? And she showed me a picture of this clear quartz crystal egg that she said that you can put inside of your body, right? And I was like, well, yeah, I, I need one stat. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it was so cool because, like, the one she showed me, even though she had, like, all these different uh, – gemstones the one she showed me was quartz but it was like luminescent almost you mm. know so she sent that one to me um and i walked with it for months because i was scared to put it inside my body right because uh -huh. of my conditioning and um then one day it just told me it was time and i went in the shower and i put it in and then i found out i don't know maybe everyone knows this but i did not know that um after the vaginal passage, there's actually like space up here between the vagina and the cervix. There is actually space. Mm -hmm. uh, probably most people might know. I've never really like explored my anatomy. Mm -hmm. um, but the egg went right up into this space. And I was like, whoa, there's a sacred space inside of my body that nobody like has hurt or touched or like I just I don't know it felt so amazing to put this egg right all the way up inside my body um it, it just healed that was the beginning of like the dissolving of the trauma inside my body wow and then I had to try and figure out how to get it out <laughs> uh-huh and how did you do that how did you do that it was scary because I was like, I do not want to go to a doctor because like it's way up, right? Like it's uh -huh. where probably, um, so I just had to like, I don't know, pretend, like imagine that I was in labor sort of and try to push it out. Uh-huh. Like, so you used your own muscles and worked its way down, huh? Yeah. But that was amazing to me. I don't know. There was something so profoundly healing about knowing that there is this space like inside our body that... I don't know. It, it just did something to me. Right. It just mm -hmm. made me feel somehow like, um, 
that there was a part of me that no matter how much abuse had happened, that nobody had, like nobody took that from me, mm-hmm. you know? And then I started to realize that that's, that's the truth. Like you, people might harm your body, people might harm your mind, but your soul will always find its way back to the light. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, that was sort of, that was like the beginning of my own personal healing, right? Like, mm. you know, uh, doing lots of work w- with other people for other people. But this was like my big epiphany. Mm, um, beautiful. And then it was amazing. And then through that, just all of these messages kept coming through. Like I was in a priestship training program. Um, and when I started it, my guides always told me, you won't, you're focusing on the feminine right now because you need to be okay. Like, you know, you need to know that there is power in being feminine, but ultimately the truth is that there is no masculine and feminine. Mm-hmm. There, are just like, there just is the soul, you know, and the soul has all attributes. Mm-hmm. And that that's like, once people heal, like whatever, you know, gender their body is, then they can start like diving into okay the 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 omniscience of the soul you know and they can start realizing that they are no duality they just are and that all attributes are within them mm-hmm. yeah that and that's that's the beauty of of spirituality it feels like that we can come to that place where all of the often painful dualities in our in our uh, human world start to reunify even that duality between humanness and soul or divineness then starts to unify and that oh i'm not over here being a, a human and over there is god or divine or spirit or soul it's actually uh that i can embody my soul my spirit my divine connection my divinity mm-hmm. i can unify that into my body and that's where all these yoga breath practices all of these um somatic practices are focused on doing that however a lot of them have gotten have haven't been liberated from this idea that the divine or spirit is somehow over here some you know in a duality with our human experience and that's why i love some of the more womb-centered um practices that are about embodiment that are about let's bring spirit into physical form which is a uniquely womb thing right that's what our wombs do is to bring spirit into physical form embody yeah literally spirit, yeah. literally and like so the process and, of bringing a child onto the planet right? exactly but our wombs can do that whether it's a child or not whether it's an inspiration whether it's our spiritual evolution of embodiment of divine energies into humanity. And I feel that that's happening a lot more and more 
in our species, especially as we see people wanting to break free of the duality of gender like we were discussing earlier. And one of the first steps is to start to see that, yes, we have this duality of masculine and feminine, and we have all these stereotypes of what it means to be masculine, what it means to be feminine. And we have this whole patriarchal thing of domination and prioritization and validation of masculine traits over feminine traits, and that those are forbidden, the masculine traits are forbidden from feminine gendered people and the feminine traits are forbidden from masculine gendered people to really embody. And we have all of that, all of these societal structures in place to support that duality. And there are people that are really breaking free of that right now, whether it's uh, people who have, um, you know, different experiences of their own gender than what there is outwardly visible in their body. They have a different mm -hmm. inner experience of gender or they're simply not wanting to buy into that duality and saying, you know, I'm neither man, woman, boy, girl. I don't want to have anything to do with that duality process. And they really have a real experience of that. And for myself, I feel that even though I embrace my feminine identification, I've been kicked out of feminine groups because I was, I, I was called a white lingam at one point, <laughs> a bright even... white lingam <laughs> and kicked out of a group of a feminine <laughs> group <laughs> because I had too much masculine energy, energies they thought were too masculine and they couldn't deal with it. Right. And you know, there you are again, like judging how a woman should be. Exactly. Yeah. And the thing is, though, when I look at some of the um, <laughs> I can't that, stop rolling my eyes. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, roll them all you like. Roll away. Roll those eyeballs. Because I felt that there, that group that I got kicked out of when they told me that I was a, a, a bright white lingam and it was too much for them, I felt like their group was stuck in the patriarchal a business model mm, yeah. one person having ownership of all the strategies and like this and they were claiming to be a collab a collaborative group but when i would come in with my ideas about collaboration meaning we're going to inspire each other we're going to um um cross pollinate share the magic magic yeah share the magic <laughs> heaven cross, forbid right we're going to cross pollinate each other's groups with each other's people and we're going to sell you know promote each other's groups back and forth. And I tried to start implementing that process. I was accused of usurping and stealing their ideas and trying to make <laughs> off with their juju, you know? And I'm like, no, uh, collaboration is about sharing, right? You know, <laughs> but that yeah, was- The way I look at collaboration is like, I don't know everything. So if I exactly. have the, if I have the humility and not even the human, if I have the open heart to see everyone in their magic, I get all the magic too. Right. You know, like yeah. one of my favorite things actually is like those talent shows because you get to see everybody like full blown in their, in their magic zone. Like yeah. what more are we here for? You know, their unique, their unique expression of, of creativity. And so, what I wanted to share about the whole masculine feminine duality is that when you really start to look at how that plays itself out in nature and where, where there's a harmony between the dualities, um, 
it it becomes very much like that seed of life, like you said, where one aspect overlaps the other and there's a seed of it inside the other, just like the yin yang symbol where the seed of one, where, where the feminine- Where the, the black dot. The yeah. black dot in the middle of the fattest part of the white. So where the feminine energy gets the biggest and the most all per pervasive, the center of it is the masculine energy. And vice versa, where the masculine energy gets the biggest and fattest and most potent is at the very center, there's that seed of the feminine energy. And that it's a moving symbol that moves around. So that's in our symbology, we have that. And, and But then when it's in nature, like the river, okay? So, um, so with the with the river, I use the river oftentimes as a metaphor for looking at how masculine and feminine energies could actually be in harmony. And I was inspired uh, sitting in the hot springs waters where I do a lot of my meditation around here. Nice, <laughs> the waters lucky. Start speaking through me. Um, and what I got was, oh, appreciation for my husband and his role in our partnership, which I often rail against, which is he's the banks of the river. And he yeah. holds in this like heavy rock-like stance, you know, of like, now this is the structures of our life. These are the structures and we can't change those right now. We can't, you know, I've got all this, you know, flowing creativity that says oh we could go over there we could go do that i could go do this and that and the other thing and if i didn't have his like solid banks of the river holding me and directing my you know helping me to direct my creative energy and have a powerful flow i would just spread out over the surface of everything and evaporate into thin air that energy absolutely that creative energy and so that that the banks of the river, that solid structure. You is, need the banks in order for there to it. be the river. Yeah. With that, the banks holding the flow and containing the creative process. What does that sound like? A womb. It, precisely, right? It's and like the, the most is, feminine thing to hold a structure for creativity to happen within and to hold on to it tight and keep it contained until the moment that it's ready to burst forth. That is like one of the most feminine things. And I realized the other day, I've been saying that that is a masculine trait. And it is. See, this and is exactly yet, what I'm saying. And yet it's also a female trait. So like, there is no masculine or feminine traits. It's only our dualistic eyes that see it that way. Like, that's just how we're used. That's how we're programmed. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, oh. absolutely. So we're just going to sit there and go, yeah, like, yeah, yeah for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> On that one. Ta-da! Ta-da! Bling! <laughs> ding, ding, ding! Bells ringing, lights going on. <laughs> neural processes being rewired <laughs> and I mean I'll never forget though because I've been connecting with non-binary gendered people and um, I met someone who identified as non-binary in person uh, a friend of mine who identifies as a female a woman had become partners with this person and I knew that this person had a male body but they were that my friend was telling me they go by the pronoun they 
they and them. And so in talking to my girlfriend before I met this person bodily in front of me, I was, you know, working with the pronoun they and them to describe this person. Mm-hmm. And then I met the person in person. She, my friend brought her partner to the hot springs where I live and work. And I gave them, her partner, this beautiful aquatic bodywork session in the nude, holding this person's very male body in my arm, which okay. is lovely. It completely messed up my ability to use they and them, <laughs> however, because that is so hardwired yeah. into our system, into the whole body. So being in this person's physical presence, being in their physical presence and holding their body in my arms, my whole being wanted to say he and him. Yeah. Even though I understood in my mind perfectly and I had been already referring to them as they and them. And so what I got to see is, oh, this is so deeply hardwired in our biology and our system, like not our biology necessarily. I mean, yes, it is in our biology, but it's in our somatic knowing, our somatic understanding, our somatic education. Like, especially as, especially as women, I feel like there's a whole, automatic and 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 men too and people of any gender we have whole automatic responses pre-programmed into us as we're growing up into our bodies or 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 okay another alternative let's or it is called the cusp between duality in hinduism there's there's two i think there's three but i can't remember the other one right offhand but there's like advaita which means non-duality and there's dvaita which uh-huh. is duality, where like yeah. Dwaita is where you believe that you and God are separate, right? right? Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. And Advaita is where you know that God lives here, right? Yeah. But both of these are true. It's true both that we are living in human bodies that have form. It is true that because he has a penis, he his body is male, right? Yeah. But it's also true that he feels non-binary. He doesn't uh, like feel like a man or a woman, right? So both can be true. It's true that he has a male body. You can't deny that he has male genitalia, right? Mm -hmm. And to honor their request to be referred to as they and them and their pronoun, that requires uh, coming to that cusp of recognizing in my whole body the change which is a very powerful practice and and i want more of it now i know that many people become very uncomfortable with that because it's such a deep change in our whole programming and have a real difficulty with that being asked to do something like that that really is right there and requiring a whole like understanding of what you just said that the vaita and the advaita are right there all in the same time that's a, that's a even, big even as a and 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 i'm sure i mean even as a uh, somebody who's practiced this and been devoted to the temple i've been devoted to advaita based temples myself and even as a temple devotees that's a challenging thing to wrap ourselves around at times right and yet 
and, and then for most people who aren't devoted to those philosophies and learning it and practicing practices that are meant to assist us to integrate those ideas into our bodies, um, then there's all kinds of people that aren't doing that and, and that have even more difficulty um, coming to terms with the, this crumbling and this, this, not necessarily crumbling of the duality, but the, the unveiling of the myth or the delusion of the duality that, we're, that we might be experiencing at any point. It's really neat too, hey, how, um, like I'm, this is just making me think of when I put that crystal inside, like inside that space after my vagina, right? That negative space is like a lingam, mm -hmm. right? And even when we have the Shiva lingam, you have the lingam, I wonder, no, I don't have it in my office. You have like the lingam, the phallus, which is standing up, right? But you have the bottom part, which is the yoni. So it's the combination of the lingam and the yoni. The yoni is the base to the lingam. Mm -hmm. And then if you think about it, then, then the lingam sitting here, all the space around it is the yoni. You know what I mean? It's like that interplay of like positive and negative space. Right. And even in our biology, boy, I can tell we can geek out on this all day long. I just want to all say one long. more thing. <laughs> um, that even in our biology, if you look at how gender starts to differentiate itself in the womb when we're developing okay everyone right after conception for a number of weeks we are more uh, we have more of a feminine physiology to start and then there's a point when there's a shift and there is a gender differentiation that starts to happen either towards the full feminine development or masculine development and the feminine organs that began to develop and the feminine structures that began to de develop change into the masculine organs and structures yeah like i mean the ovaries are outside on a male's body right exactly yeah they're the, they're the same like yeah. honestly even the physiology is actually the same but one is internal mm -hmm. and one is external exactly like the the like it's inside out just the negative space of the penis right right it's an inside out penis and the penis is an inside out vagina yeah did we just say that oh my goodness yeah well, and that's i mean that's the premise of some of these sex change operations is they just turn things inside out yeah well there we go <laughs> there we go <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness what a pleasure to talk with you about all of these things christine and to hear your story about your um spirit tree and its its role in your womb healing journey what a powerful story and and how all of this translates into this evolution of you know, my sole purpose, the first time I had a sole purpose meditation back in massage school, back in 94, I think, the message that I got uh, from that listening, that deep listening process was that my sole purpose was to reunify the duality, the dichotomy of masculine and feminine energy. 
that we ha yeah that was what my sole purpose was too <laughs> oh my so goodness. this is why we're here together this is mama why we're here together well look at that so beautiful well, oh, we're, so gonna to, we're gonna have to talk about this more because obviously we have some things to do together so i really look forward to that so stay tuned folks for what happens on on the next christine and sama show or whatever <laughs> it turns into program or who knows here we are and um if you would like to learn more about Christine and her healing work, uh, Christine, you said you had a, a, an easy way to describe how people can reach out to you. Yeah. Um, so I have my website, which is alive with Christine, C H R I S T I N E dot com, mm -hmm. um, or info at alive with Christine.com is how you would reach me by email. Lovely. Wonderful. And of course, uh, if you're listening to this podcast regularly, um, but if it's your first time and you don't already know, you can find me at wombcenteredhealing.com and um, stay tuned for uh, future episodes. We might be sharing news about some uh dichotomy unifying creation that christine and i make <laughs> Yay. who knows what the what the collaborative energies of the universe have brought us together for to create i mean you've got my logo basically on your arm there by the way so <laughs> The All magic right. is real. The magic <laughs> is real. All right. Thanks again, Christine. And thanks everyone for listening. That's all for now. Until next time.